You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We had our chances in the West Conference Finals, but that's over and done with. So, you know, tonight is the only thing that uh, what was on our mind. And, uh, you know, we didn't make enough plays offensively or defensively for stretches a long period of time to be able to close the game um, or to win. So um, give credit where credit is due to them. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. LeBron James right there. LeBron James. <laughs> The Lakers dropped the first game of the season. No worries, 82-game season, but they drop it to the champs, the Denver Nuggets. It was banner-raising night, and uh, LeBron did LeBron James things because that's what he does in a limited-type role. Here we are on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, kicking off hour number three of the show. And join us now on the phone lines is our good friend from LakersNation.com. That's Trevor Lane. And, Trevor, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you as always. And, first of all, man, how does it feel to be back in NBA season? Well, it's definitely great to be back in, in, in NBA season and uh, have everything really kicked off again and running it. You know, it was a long summer, and it's great to have basketball back, but it certainly would have been, would have been nice to open things up for the win. Right. Well, you know, going up against the defending champs, banner-raising night, ring-getting night, you never know what kind of emotions it's going to be. And, you know, Denver hasn't been there, done that. So uh, the Lakers kept it close for a while, and then they got away, and then they got close again, and, well, Denver pulled away at the end. But, this is LeBron James in 20 years, Trevor. I mean, what are we really witnessing? I don't know if enough people are really appreciating what we've seen over the, over the past two decades. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are, there are players in the past who have played as long as LeBron has, but nobody's done it at this level. There, you know, guys have hung in there and become role players and become guys who you know, maybe come off the bench or something like that when they're his age. But LeBron coming in and doing what he's doing right now and what he's done, has been, I mean, it's it's unprecedented. I think that's something that that often gets overlooked because he's just he's LeBron. He's this mythic figure, right? That that we just assume is impervious and can just keep going forever. But reality is, what he's doing right now, we've never seen before at, in the NBA. No, no, we haven't. So you have Coach Ham. LeBron goes out there and he puts up what twenty five minutes? Was it twenty five, twenty six minutes that he played? How is Coach Ham going to kind of navigate him through the waters of the season? Uh, you know, minute restriction. What, what is the plan with him moving forward? Yeah, so LeBron played a total of twenty nine minutes in, okay. in this one, and it was uh, it was revealed after the game that it sounds like he's going to be on a minutes restriction. They're going to try to keep him at thirty minutes and under for the season. Now, we'll see how long that, that actually goes on. They'll adjust things, of course, as they get in, into the thick of it, but um, there were moments in last night's game. In fact, I think the Lakers were only down four when they yeah. pulled LeBron out in, in the fourth quarter to get him a rest, and there were a lot of fans who were frustrated with that, that they thought they should have just you know been able to have a little bit more flexibility to push his minutes a little bit more when those opportunities come up to potentially get back into a game. So, It'll be interesting to see how flexible this rule is or isn't going to be, but the idea is at you know, going on 39 now, uh, he'll be turning 39 in December, can you keep LeBron healthier if you limit his minutes? If you don't have him pushing 33, 34, 35 minutes per night, if you keep him below 30, does that mean you're going to get, say, 70 games out of LeBron, say 65 games, and then a healthy LeBron in the postseason? I think the Lakers will take that trade off, and they believe they have a team even though they didn't show it last night, that is deep enough to withstand the minutes that LeBron is not on the floor. So that's going to be the task for them this season, and it sounds like that's going to be the plan for LeBron as well, is to limit those minutes to about 30 or less. 
Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Anthony Davis has been a subject of a lot of conversation today. I, I noted it last night while I was on ESPN Radio that he scored 17 points. That's great if you're looking at the box score, but 17 in the first half, none in the second half. Any concern with Anthony Davis, even though it was only one game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there were a, a few troubling narratives that were persistent last season, particularly in the, in the Western Conference Finals, that really just played out again in last night's game. I mean, of course, the, the Nuggets winning and the Lakers not quite being able to catch back up to them in the score, that was a, a familiar storyline. You know, we saw towards the end of last season, teams figured out ways to, to remove Anthony Davis's offense as an option for the Lakers and force other guys to score and do things. And the Nuggets employed that strategy again in the second half last night. And so we saw uh, the Lakers unable to really react to that. And the hope was that uh, after having the whole summer to analyze and evaluate, they would come up with some counters that would work. And they, you know, as AD mentioned after the game, they did create some open shots that they just missed. And hopefully those will go down next time. But if Anthony Davis is now we're going to officially transition to this is his team, you also, regardless of what the other team's doing, you can't have an entire half of him not scoring. So I'll be interested to see how the Lakers respond to what happened in the second half with AD last night. Is Anthony Davis the guy that you can transition to it being his team? Yeah, that's the, that's going to be the question that we're going to find out the answer to this season. Is, can he truly be that 1A guy? Defensively, the answer is yes. I mean, right. 100%. He's yeah. an incredible defensive player. But on offense, can he, can he still find ways to be effective? even when he's getting doubled, even when he's getting fronted. Um, part of that falls on the coaching staff to, to get him opportunities. Part of that falls on the Lakers' guards. You know, I thought there were a number of times they could have gotten the ball and they didn't. But a lot of it also is Anthony Davis. There's moments where he's got to say, I'm Anthony Davis and you're not. Give me the ball and get out of my way. And we didn't see much of that from him last night. So there's uh, the, the, the jury is still out uh, on that question. <laughs> Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com, is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as far as the rest of the roster, we know LeBron. We know what AD could bring to the table when he's on point. How about the rest of the roster, the new-look Lakers that they put together in this offseason? Torian Prince, he had a heck of a game, really helped them. Him and D'Angelo Russell really helped him get back in the game last night. What have you seen from Torian Prince in his debut that he made last night? Yeah, I thought Torian Prince was fantastic. You know, Darvin Ham questioned whether or not Torian will stick in the starting lineup when Jared Vanderbilt was healthy. But Prince was, was fantastic. He was knocking down threes. He was doing everything that you could ask him to do. I like the way that he attacked closeouts on the offensive end. And defensively, while he's not a Jared Vanderbilt-level defensive player, he also he holds his own. And so if he continues to shoot the ball the way that he has, they, potentially they just stick with him in that, in that starting five because you do need that kind of floor spacing alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, you know, aside from LeBron having a really solid outing, I thought Torian Prince was, uh, was the bright spot of the game for the Lakers. What do you think about just the way that the roster is constructed as it is right now? Well, I like it. I think that this is a, as deep of a team as we've seen in the, in the LeBron era in L.A. It didn't really shine through last night. Uh, we had a lot of guys who I thought were just okay at best, maybe even performed a little bit below expectations, and that was an issue. But I do think that once we get into the swing of things, there's going to be guys who are going to be stepping up every night, whether it's Rui Hachimura, Christian Wood, I thought Cam Reddish played played fairly well. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and these are all guys who had at best just okay games in last night's uh, opportunity. But I do think moving forward, they've got a lot of depth and they have wing depth, and that's a really important thing in today's NBA. So I'm excited to see what this team can do. 
uh, despite a, a number of players kind of falling flat last night. I think Austin Reeves really kind of put his name in a lot of people's, uh, you know, faces and, and, and had a lot of people talking about him last year, maybe kind of uh, burst onto the scene, as you could say, I guess. What do you expect him to do, kind of not an encore performance, but just as he continues to mature and get better in this NBA? Yeah, I'm expecting to see the ball in his hands more and more, and we did see that a little bit last night. Um, him being more aggressive, finding his shot, which is something that, that did come around uh, last season, we started to see him become more of a, a go-to scorer for the Lakers. Did not shoot the ball particularly well uh, in last night's game, just 4 of 11. But he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything, kind of like D'Angelo Russell, at least on the offensive end, in that he's comfortable on ball, comfortable off ball. He can create for others. He can hit his own shot. He can get himself to the free throw line and into the paint. He's very, very versatile. And so what I want to see from, from him is Austin Reeves, assuming a little bit more control on the offensive end, and then just get the, the efficiency that he's known for back. Four for 11 shooting nights are not the norm for him. So knocking down that mid-range jumper, once he gets into a rhythm there, uh, I think he's going to be a, a really, really nice player for the Lakers. Again, arguably the third-best player on the team. Uh, I just don't think we quite saw that in last night's game. Trevor Lane is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're talking all things Lakers. So when you look at the rest of the West, obviously the Lakers took all the Nuggets last night, defending champions. How do you look at the West and how it shapes up as teams that could potentially knock off the Nuggets? Oh, I mean, the West is, it is absolutely insane. And the NBA, <laughs> look, they've been pushing for parity for years. They haven't in this year's Western <laughs> Conference. I, I look at it this way. You know, the way I've summed it up on, on all of my shows is that Whoever you slot into the 11th seed, meaning not even a play-in team, that fan base has a, a realistic right to be upset with you for that because there are so many good teams in the West. Somebody's going to miss out. But yeah. this Western Conference is so deep with so many good teams. I really think that we're going to see a lot of cannibalization in the West where they're, they're, you're not going to get a 65-win team. The top team's probably going to be 50 wins, maybe 53 wins, something in there. But that means that throughout the season, a two-game winning streak, a three-game winning streak could send you rocketing up the standings just like a losing streak could send you rocketing back down. So I think it's going to be a really exciting race in the West, and this is going to be, this is, it's going to be a truly wild Western Conference this year. Yeah, it will. I'm excited about it. I just want to see how it all shakes out. There's some really good teams. I like the youth in Sacramento. I just want to see them mature. Uh, the Warriors are always, you know, interesting as long as they have Steph, and now they got CP3. We saw what the Suns did last night. But how about the Spurs? I don't expect them to be a playoff team. I don't expect them to be a team that goes deep, but we're all on Wimby watch. We saw him go from summer league to preseason. He gets his debut tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. What do you expect from Wimby, and are you just like me and on Wimby watch? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am definitely on Wemby watch. I think everybody is at this point. He's doing things where uh, that block he had on Andrew Wiggins the other night, like you have yeah. to do a double take. It's like, wait, that, that shouldn't be possible. We're seeing him do things that, that don't make any sense. The angles that guys have to shoot at to shoot around him, the things that he's doing off the dribble at his size, it's, it's absolutely unreal. And part of why the West is so crazy, even though you know, the Spurs got better, the Rockets got better, it's, it's going to be crazy to, to watch. And again, he is an incredible talent, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him being the, the NBA's next generational player, and we've only seen preseason, so there's a long way to go. But, man, he, he sure looks the part. 
He does. And, you know, the thing about it that excites me is, like, you, whenever you see that, that real special player, you start to see other players try to evolve their game. Like, you saw KD, and you saw a lot of players try to be KD. You saw Steph, a lot of players try to be Steph. Uh, LeBron is LeBron. But, I mean, you know, this it's always that one player. Then all of a sudden you start to see a lot of youth try to mold themselves after. Now, they've got to grow to be really big to be Wemby, but the way he handles the ball, the way that he's able to just, you know, be that unicorn really on the court, that's special, and I think that you're going to start to see a lot of players try to evolve their game into something similar to what Wemby's got going on. Yeah, I mean, this is the culmination of decades uh, of change that we've seen in the NBA in terms of bigs that are not just traditional back-to-the-basket rim protectors, but instead have the ability to shoot from outside. Now we're seeing guys like Wemby who have the ability to put the ball on the floor and actually create a little bit. The game is evolving, and he is the culmination of, again, decades of of a shift that we've seen now in the NBA going all the way back to some of the big man shooters that we saw way back in the day. Like, I don't know, the, the one that pops into my head for some reason, Rafe LaFriends, right, from way back when. <laughs> but Dirk Nowitzki and, and yeah. some of these guys as well that became shooters from uh, at, at the big position. It's He is absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to see what he can do emulating him. It's going to be tough because you gotta right. you got to grow to really, really tall to, to, to do that. But uh, I do think we're going to continue to see bigs that showcase their skills on the perimeter. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. I'm glad to have basketball back. Uh, you know, the opening night was last night. And a lot of teams are getting underway uh, this evening as well. Well, Trevor, fantastic stuff as always. LakersNation.com, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we're doing the, the LakersNation.com podcast, which you can find over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the YouTube channel is LakersNation on, on YouTube. We've got uh, fresh content out every single day, breaking down everything the Lakers are doing. We do a live post-game show. After every game, take questions and comments and all that. So that's, that's where you find most of my work. And then all of our, our written work is over at LakersNation.com. That's a lot of heavy lifting, my man. That's 82 games right there in the regular season. But uh, you guys do a fantastic job. We always appreciate when you give us a few minutes of your time uh, here on Unnecessary Roughness. Thanks so much, my man. And no problem. Thank you so much for having me. No doubt, no doubt. There he goes. Good friend of the show right there, Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Trevor underscore Lane. And with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Been rocking with Trevor for a long time, man. Been having him as a guest on my show to talk Lakers since I was back in Central Texas. And that was many, many moons ago. So definitely thank him for uh, his time and his efforts. And, yeah, man, everyone's on Wemby Watch. If you ain't on Wemby Watch, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, because this guy, he went from looking like, uh, a, a not so good player in the summer league to all of a sudden preseason and maturing and all man this guy can play and oh wow did you see that oh wow did you see that and it's just it's all those oh wow moments the conversation about him in the barbershop I go there every Saturday in the cut right every Saturday morning this conversation has changed over the few months over what to expect from Victor Wembanyama and I expect it to continue to evolve and change over the next few months seeing what he's able to do in the regular season. But many thanks to Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com joining us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to a very patient Prune Tucky Raider in Monterey. Prune Tucky, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed. Good. Hey, I wanted to, I just got out of a bunch of meetings and your uh, guy who screens kind of, kind of gave me a little insight about the questions, and I wanted to briefly touch on it. He said, what are you looking for this Monday night from the Raiders? And then mm-hmm. moving forward, what do you want to see? Well, it was Monday night. I know he's talked about it, but for me, you know, effort. How about yeah. effort? Show yeah. you care and not going through the motions. You know, the reality is play up to your ability. That's everybody. We have a few that does that. But it may not be good enough. Everybody's on the same page, but it'll be a lot better than being embarrassing. 
And I think Raider Nation would want that. Of course, we want to win, but let's give the effort. That's really the bottom line. Uh, As far as moving forward, you know, and I'm not saying to fire Josh McDaniels. What I'm saying is what I see with the eye. I'm not a coach or anything like that. A couple things I noticed. Maybe check his ego at the door. Maybe he should get a massage before the game and, and relax and loosen up. Try to try to be Gumby, be flexible, not a two-by-four piece of wood. And that's how I feel. He's playing not to win, are we not to lose. And I just feel like he doesn't trust his offense. He's going the safe route. It's very obvious. He's a very smart man. But, you know, it's just you can see loosen up, be aggressive, take more chances, especially in the red zone. And play, you know, kind of play towards your player's strength. Trust your players. And the best example I can give, just the eye test, and I'm not saying he should have been the coach, but Basaccia, when he was uh, uh, replaced Gruden, one of the things he did, and I noticed that, he let his coaches coach. He didn't know everything. And I think the players picked up on that. And for him, he was very open-minded. And the players, I just felt like, okay, this is a whole team effort whole coach effort, and I think he instilled that into the players. And I think if he gets a little bit more, and I know that's hard to do, McDaniels, as smart as he is, he's got to let his ego check it out the door. And I think he might see better results, may not be perfect, and I think you'll see, um, you know, some things better than what we've seen so far in 24 games. That's my take. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. And, yeah, sometimes that's what you got to do. You know, you've got to allow other coaches to coach or, you know, in in any position. You know, they always say the the best – what, the best boss or leader is the, the best delegator? It's something like that. I know I messed up the same. But, I mean, sometimes you've got to be able to delegate. And if you're able to delegate and, and the people are, that you're delegating to are able to pick it up, pick up what you need them to pick up, then, then that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. So I totally understand what you mean by that. And, you know, I'd love to see the Raiders get aggressive. I'd love to see, you know, some, some decisions that, you know, I, I think that we've seen so far throughout the course of the season that probably could have gone a different way. I'd like to see – you know, those aggressive decisions made and, and trust the players to go out there and execute. Uh, but and, and I don't know, right? I'm not in Coach McDaniel's head, so I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, confidence and trust he has in everyone to execute at the level that they're supposed to. I, I don't know. And, and that trust is earned. It's not just something that you just go out and give and be like, oh, yeah, hey, I trust you not to mess it up. I mean, that's, that's how I was. Ari could tell you. You know, Ari, how long have you been on doing this show now? Ari, for about, what, four months? Maybe? Yeah, it was July. Okay, I'm man, amazed, you got the so. date down. He was like, Something it was like in that. July. It was, my right life before, changed. it was right before the 4th of July. I was about to light a firework, and I got the call to the big leagues. No, but really, like, and, and I told you, I mean, I told you when you started, you know, doing this show, I was like, there's a lot of responsibility, dude. Like, you've, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. a tyrant. I'm not, the, I'm not the easiest dude to, to work with because I want, you know, I want the best all the time. So sometimes it's, it's hard to build that trust in, in someone that you, you're not 100% sure what they're going to bring to the table, even though I've always known that you do really good work. But until you display it all the time, it's like, okay, I know what Ari's going to do. Right? I mean, so, so sometimes yeah. you've got to build that trust up. The lead by example, though, helps a lot. I am complimenting you there very much. Don't get too big-headed. But, yes, uh, like that, that's a big part of it, though, leading by example when you're in that situation, in my situation, coming to someone that, like, you call yourself a tyrant just now. Did you just say that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, that's a that's a bit excessive, I think. But yeah, but to <laughs> oh no, I believe me, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just saying, like when you know when Q's saying, "Hey, we got to get this done," you're also holding up your end or or exceeding right. it. So that's why I'm, you know, that's what you need. But 
well, yeah, yeah, it can no, get a little, a little crazy. It gets a little <laughs> dicey at times, but I mean, again, when you're trying to do something to execute at a high level, no matter what Absolutely. you're doing, if it's a football team, basketball team, if it's a radio show, if it's a podcast, whatever the case may be, you want to, you know, be able to trust and lean on the people that are around you and surrounding you, and know oh, that yeah. they're going to hold up their end of the bargain. Like I can, I can end this show today at five o'clock, which I'll do, and I know that I know what Ari's going to do tomorrow. Like I, I can trust that he knows what I, he knows what I want, and I know what he's going to do. And he knows what I'm going to do, and so we're good, right? But True. you don't always get that, right? You don't, and, and no, that's, not, that's yeah. not faulting anyone. Just certain people have certain things about themselves and certain ways about them, and you can't, you can't ask them. I say it all the time. You can't ask an engine to be a wheel, and you can't ask a wheel to be an engine, right? True. I mean, it's just as simple yeah. as that. You've got to know. It kind of goes back to Hardcore Raiders' question that he asked earlier about, you know, leading and, and how you, you know, manage people and this, that, and the other. And you've got to learn what people do, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and you've got to be able to find a way to get the best out of them. And the, the sooner that you're able to do that, the better and the most, more successful you'll be. And I feel like we've got a pretty good thing going, and, and I think that we've both learned each other's, you know, strengths and weaknesses, and we're able to complement that. And I think for a football team, obviously there's a lot more pl- players to have to try to learn their strengths and weaknesses and try to figure out how to complement them, but that's, that's the role that they have to do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that also is what differentiates what a boss from a leader. Right. In my right. mind, anyway. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right about that. I like that. Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, hit us up with your feedback. We do have Clover Gwynn, former Lions safety. Glover Quinn, excuse me, former Lions safety. He'll be joining us at 430 to talk all things Detroit Lions, talk about, uh, you know, what to expect on Monday Night Football. But we definitely want to hear from you, uh, 702-365-9200. And we've got the uh, don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I had a c- couple tweets that I wanted to pass along that I thought was actually pretty funny. Uh, we were talking earlier. I don't know how this show got uh, talking about fishing. I know that Passionate Raider, he had gone fishing, and uh, we were talking about his tournament that he was in, and I was like, you can't be, you can't uh, mess up a fishing trip. you got to be relaxed. Well, Passionate Raider tweeted and said, ain't nothing relaxing about attorney fishing, always on the grind. So apparently there's no, there's no, uh, there's no relaxing in, in the kind of fishing that he was done doing. And then Big E also hit us up and said, regular fishing is for relaxation. Sports fishing is a whole other beast. It's like wrestling with some badass kids. <laughs> LOL. So I like that. I thought that was funny from Big E talking about uh, wrestling with some badass kids. Uh, also, we got a text from uh, Mailman Raider. He said, Q, that whole rant on fishing and not being the calm, relaxed guy just made me picture you calling the Masters or the PGA Tournament for some reason. That soft, calm voice laughing my ass off. No shot. Yeah, there's no shot. They would never, and I mean never, have me on the call for anything golf-related where you got to be quiet and calm, like tennis either. They wouldn't have me at, at, at a tennis uh, – you know, at, at a tennis court trying to try to do any kind of broadcast. There was actually, what was it? I don't watch first take. I just It's just not my cup of tea. But I think that when Get Up was ending one day and first take was next, I want to say that they were actually on set at maybe the U.S. Open or Wimbledon or whatever one of those tennis matches were. And I was like, how the hell are these loud-ass guys going to be at this tennis you know, this tennis uh, match, this tennis court, when it's supposed to be quiet there. Like, there ain't nothing quiet about those dudes. And, I, I mean, look, I recognize it. I know I ain't quiet. I ain't got no inside voice. I get it. So I know I'd be, I'd be out of pocket. It's so funny. We were at, we were at uh, uh, Baylor when I was still in, in, in Texas, and we were covering Baylor's Pro Day. 
And the funny thing is when Art Bryles was the head coach of Baylor, it was real loud during their pro day. It was in the indoor facility. The music was blaring. So we're doing our radio show. I'm being my normal self. I'm loud. This is, nobody notices because there's music playing. It's super loud. It's all good. The very next year when we were at the pro day, Matt Rule was the head coach, and it was quiet. There was no music. Everything was calm. And we have our radio show set up. So all of a sudden we come in. I was like, hey, welcome into Unnecessary Roughness. And I promise you, everyone turned and looked like, who the hell is over there in the corner talking? Coach Rule looked at me, and I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to end bad. I got a, I got a three-hour show that I'm supposed to do. They're trying to concentrate on getting the pro day knocked out. And it's supposed to be quiet, apparently. And we didn't know that. So, yeah, trying to do a, a, a radio show and be our normal selves, knowing that you're supposed to be in an environment that's supposed to be quiet, yeah, that wasn't so good. That didn't work out too well for me, Ari. It was not my, uh, it was not my finest moment. It reminds like me of uh, Cofield when he's on the road over on ESPN Las Vegas. He'd yeah. be on the road for the UNLV games, and a couple times, the hard worker that he is, he'll make it work. He had to do the broadcast in the middle of, like, the, what do they call it, like, the, the lobby area, like, for the guests. And he's very loud, and so he'd be like, you know, whatever, he'd yell something, yeah, and then he'd yeah. be like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> because people are like, what is that guy doing over there? Right. The, it, the uh, business office, that's what I was looking for. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the thing. There's been places that I've been on the road, and we've been in locations like that, and all of a sudden I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be gotta as do as it. I, I mean, I got to do what I got to do. And all of a sudden it's quiet, and people are looking around at you like, are you really that loud? I mean, shoot, that happens right here, as we've discussed. When I'm right, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That happens in the hallway at the radio station. That oh, happens radio. in the studio. That's that's all that. But uh, that's how we get down. Uh, Jason in Maryland hit us up by way of text, by way of email, by way of getting it to me. Uh, Jason in Maryland said the caller mentioned using a a, a a beast front on on tape. Don't lie. Marcus Johnson pointed out that we used a a near front. It didn't work. We just got gashed. LOL. So. Uh, I, I remember that call. It was, I don't remember the exact word and terminology of the call, but I remember it being, I don't know, probably like 30 minutes ago or so. But, uh, yeah, uh, whatever the case may be, the, the Raiders got to figure out something to stop the run. That run, uh, the way that they got gashed by the Bears on Sunday, it should be unacceptable. That There's no way that they should be able to uh, allow that many yards on the ground to, to a Chicago Bears team who has a Division II quarterback starting. You've got to make that dude beat you, and the Raiders did not do that. On Sunday, 425 is the time. Glover Quinn, former Lions safety, now part of the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in the Lions. He'll join us next to talk about those Detroit Lions and Monday Night Football. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Lamar beat us. He hammered us with his arm, you know. He threw the ball extremely well. He ran when he needed to, and we did not handle it well. Our energy was good, but our detail and discipline, which has been so good over the last four or five weeks, was not good enough. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 4.30 is the time here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio. We call it Studio Q. Of course, it's being brought to you today by the Jewels of Las Vegas. It's brought to you every day 
by the jewelers of Las Vegas. My man Ari is efforting, and we, I believe we have now uh, Glover Quinn, former Lions safety, uh, part of the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in the Lions. And, Glover, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. And coming off the Lions' loss to the Ravens, obviously that's not what they anticipated, but it was a humbling experience. Uh, you were a player in the league for a long time. Whenever there was a bad game like that, how did you personally co- come back and, and, and battle the next week? Um, you know, when you play a game like that and it's that bad, you just kind of scrap that and throw that away. That's just an anomaly. You know, it's the game where you're you're in it and you're making mental errors or you're making, you know, little mistakes and you're like, man, we got to be more focused. They just flat out beat the Lions. They out physical them. Lamar Jackson looked like an MVP candidate. Um, and they just beat the Lions. So, it's not anything where you just look at it and say, okay, this, this, and that. You go back to the drawing board. You prepare better like you like you plan to do each and every week anyway. And then you just come out and play better. They just, you know, game plan-wise, everything just was bad. Energy, effort, everything just was bad. It was a bad game, bad road trip. And so they just scrapped that and, and get back to the drawing board. So when they get back to the drawing board, it'll be Monday Night Football in, in their building, right? And the Raiders are coming in off a bad loss to the Chicago Bears. What do you expect to see as far as energy and effort from those Detroit Lions? Well, I expect it to be a big night. It's a homecoming back in, in, in Detroit, Fort Field. A lot of the legends will be back. I'll be back in town. I haven't been nice. back to a game since I left. So I'll be back in Detroit at the game. be a lot of guys there. Sanders, Kevin Johnson, a lot of those guys are there all the time anyway. But it'll be a lot of guys that the energy will be high. It's right before Halloween, so I'm sure the fans will have costumes. It'll just be a great night in Detroit at Fort Field. I look, I look for the Lions to bounce back and get back to their winning ways. Again, we're talking with Glover Quinn, former Lions safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What does it mean for you? You mentioned that you haven't been back since you left, but you're coming back on, on Monday Night Football. And to see the success that the Lions are having under Coach Campbell, what does that mean to you? I mean, it means a lot, you know, because, you know, a few years before they went down, we had kind of started turning things around under Coach Caldwell. We made the playoffs two out of his four years. Um, and we had kind of started changing the culture there. And then Matt Patricia came and felt like he needed to change the culture and basically took the culture down um, and set the organization back. And so for Dan Campbell to come back, and get back to some of those winning ways, get back to that grit, that, that hard work, that competitiveness, that blue-collar mentality that, you know, very like, very much like the city of Detroit, just a bunch of hard-working people to bring that attitude to the team and to see them work through, you know, the start um, where they didn't win as much, you know, and the expectations were high last year coming off of, uh, hard knocks, but they didn't. They didn't start out performing. They started out one and five, one and six, but they finished the season. They looked. At, it looked like they started to figure things out. Got the right guys in the building that they felt like they needed. They drafted well. They had a great off season, and to see them back, you know, at the top, playing well, got a really good chance to win the division, win the North this year. It's just a good thing to see. You know, and you played in the NFL for a long time, played football your whole life. What was it that you wanted or needed from your head coach to know that, hey, we're doing things the right way and I'm going to go and run through a wall for him and my teammates? Well, you just want them to treat you and, and have uh, a certain respect. 
respect for what you do. Um, and that's really it. You know what I'm saying? When you have these coaches that that's asking you to do stuff that you feel like, man, why are you asking me to do all this stuff? You would never do this. This is not even – And but they seem like on paper it could be done. When you have a coach that understands exactly how you feel from taking care of your body, from game plan to this to that, understand what you're going through, and they show you that they care about you. They got your back. They do all those things that we see Dan Campbell does, right? Even working out, doing up-downs and all these different things with the players to let you know, hey, we're all in this thing together. Yes, I am the coach, but this is a partnership. We are in this thing together, and we're going to win together. We're going to lose together, but we're going to be together. When you do that and you show that from a head coach, your players are run through a wall for you. Again, Glover Quinn is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness talking about the game on Monday night, Raiders and Lions Monday night football. What have you seen from Jared Goff, a guy that was part of a trade to send Stafford to L.A.? He went back to Detroit, and it seems like he just fit in perfectly with that culture there that Campbell's been growing and just with the team and even the city. What have you seen from Jared Goff? Well, just that. You know, he fits right in with exactly how they want to play and the the style of the city, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes L.A., being on a national stage like L.A., the media, all those things, the big city, that may be too much for some people. You know what I'm saying? Some people like it, some people don't. So being able to come to Detroit, you know, be under the radar and just be able to go to work and just be and focus on football. You don't have to focus on sitting in traffic for all these hours in L.A. and you have to focus on all of the extracurricular activities that you got to deal with probably being in L.A. And you really just get to focus on being a good football player and, and, and putting everything you can into your craft. And so he came in. He's fit in great. He's been great on the field, off the field. He's been a great leader. He runs the offense exactly how Ben Johnson wants to run it. I think it fits his play style. I don't think he's a guy that you want to make have to win the game. But if he can have a good run game, you play action, he can read those things, he can process and he can make the throws. And, you know, I think he's done a great job. I think he's somebody that they're happy with. And I think he's definitely somebody that they're going to try to lock up for the future. You mentioned Ben Johnson. He's the OC there, and a lot of folks are talking about him and what he could potentially do following the season, where he's going to be in the pecking order of potentially head coaches in the NFL. Uh, what have you seen from Ben Johnson, and do you think that he is on the short list of uh, potential head coaches in the future? Well, I think you know how this offense is. This is an offensive league, and any time you've got uh, an offensive coordinator that's putting up 30-plus points in games and, and things like that, we always feel like those guys – or next in line to be a head coach. And I'm not saying he's not. I don't know him personally really like that. I don't know him far as being a head coaching candidate type of guy. I know he's a really good offensive coordinator right now. And so that's kind of where I'll leave it. Um, the, 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 the people that make those decisions will, will see if he's somebody that we feel like can be a head coach for us. But just because you can call plays and design offense doesn't mean you can run a team. Right. You know, we've seen that several times with Josh McDaniels. You know, he can call plays, but can you run a team? Totally different ball game. So I don't know if Ben Johnson is a head coaching candidate. I don't know if he's not, but I do know in this league of the NFL, a lot of times they take the top coordinators 
and feel like those guys are the next in line for head coaches. And then they just go through the interview process. And if they find a fit, then we'll see Ben Johnson being named the head coach somewhere. That's a great nugget. I love the way you worded that. I think that that's perfect. And, and a lot of times we see guys that are hot shot coordinators, and it's really difficult to be a head coach and a successful head coach in the National Football League. Well, you played on the defensive side of things. You were a top-notch safety. The defense was the big question that the Lions had going into this season, but Aaron Glenn has got this thing cooking. How has this Lions defense turned, transformed in front of what it was last season to what it is this year? Well, it's just more time in the system, learning the system more, and then some of your players that you depend on getting better in that system and getting better as players. You know, Aiden Hutchinson is no longer a rookie. He's a second-year player. Some of those linebackers are no longer rookies. They've moved on, and they've gotten better. Then you add key pieces. You add a Cam Sutton. You add a Brian Branch through the draft. You add Jack Campbell through the draft, right? You add a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, although he got hurt. You add him in free agency, and he brings a different attitude. You get a healthy Tracy Walker back. Yeah. Some of those young DBs that you had, they get older. Jerry Jacobs, he was on the team last year. Now he's leading the league in interceptions. He just gets older and learns more, and that's what you have. And so a lot of times it's really about just giving these coaches, these coordinators, time. We expect them to come in and change everything immediately and don't ever really give them time to implement their whole system. When they first come in, you can't hardly implement a whole system because you got to give guys time to learn the basics of your system so that you can add to it and, and then put in the whole system. And so it just takes time, and a lot of times we don't give these guys, guys time, and the league doesn't give you time. These, these teams are not sitting here taking it easy on you because you haven't put your whole system in. They're just going to go out there and put up 40 on you and move on to the next game. That's kind of how it works, right? But yeah. <laughs> if you can get the time to build and build, get the players in that you feel like you need, and then all of a sudden it can click for you, and I think that's what we're seeing in Detroit. Man, learning a lot of knowledge right now from uh, Glover Quinn, former Lions safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, you mentioned Walker being back on the back end of that, uh, that Lions defense. He's healthy now. How important is that? How big of a factor has he been? I think that's a huge thing, you know what I'm saying? Because to lose T.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, that's a big loss, right? You signed him a free agency. He was the guy to come in and, and lead and, and do everything that you needed him to do and be in that secondary. And so to lose him early in the season, but to have a guy like a Tracy Walker that you paid a couple of years ago to be that guy as well, dealt with an Achilles injury last year. He's back. He's healthy. So to be able to fall back to him, has been huge. He's played well. He's been a physical president. Present presence hasn't got his hand on a lot of the ball as far as interceptions and things like that. Um, but he's definitely been a leader for them. He understands he's a veteran back there. Um, and so, have, like I say, having a guy like that that you can fall back because I thought I was, I, I was one of those guys that thought that he may well get traded in training camp. Because he was a big money guy, because they had multiple stages, Kirby Joseph, CJ Gordon Johnson, drafted Brian Branch, I'm like, they got three guys that's going to be on the roster. Tracy is looking like your fourth guy coming off an Achilles, and he's a big money guy. Are you going to have him your eighth special teamer, or are right. you going to have him as a big money guy being a backup, right? And they decided to keep him. 
hey, man, and it worked out for him. We, obviously, we didn't want C.J. Gordon Justin to get hurt right. so early in the season, but it did help that they had Tracy Walker to fall back on. Absolutely, and he's been doing some good things with that uh, Lions defense. And, again, i got to give Aaron Glenn a lot of credit for what he's been able to do, uh, allowing those guys to mature and, and play really well on the defensive side of things. Well, we'll close out with this, uh, Glover. As you know, Raider Nation is a very passionate fan base. I wanted to shout out the Lions and their fan base. I mean, from day one, from game one, when they went to Kansas City, the fan base was loyal. They were there. They were fired up. How excited has it been just to see and hear from the fan base how pumped up they are about this Lions team? Man, it's been great, man. You know, they, they've taken pride in that right now, you know what I'm saying, taking over all of the away stadiums, man. So it's a great thing to see. You know, the Lions fans have been faithful. They were faithful the whole time that I played there. They were loyal. Um, you know, each and every year they they start back on this journey of trying, trying, trying to get that Super Bowl, and they support their team. And so you got to love it when, you know, good things eventually start happening to good people. And so it's great to see the excitement. I can't wait to get out there this weekend. for homecoming should be a great weekend. should be a lot of fun. And so uh, we'll see how, how the game goes on Monday night. But I expect it to be a really good game. And hopefully the Lions fans are dressed up in their costumes <laughs> and they're ready to go. It's going to be a fun one. I know Raider Nation will be fired up. They'll be uh, in their costumes as well. And the Lions, I mean, these are two historic fan bases and two historic teams in the NFL. So it should be a fun one, Monday Night Football. What do you got coming out, man? Believe in the Lions podcast. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Oh, man, we, uh, you know, we're shooting. Uh, we, we already did our post-game show, obviously, from last, from last game. Um, we're shooting our pregame show in the morning, and we'll have that out so that you can get a preview of the Lions and the Raiders game coming up and have all the information that you need to get filled in and get ready for a great show on Monday Night Football, baby. It's primetime football. <laughs> so tune in, check us out. We'll have all the nuggets for you. No doubt, no doubt. Well, you provided a lot of great nuggets this afternoon, man. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks so much for your time. All right, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There he is. Glover Quinn, former Lions safety host of uh, Believe in the Lions podcast. Lots of great nuggets. There's a lots of great nuggets to unpack from what he just had to say. I think we could probably even run that back tomorrow, maybe pull a couple little sound bites from that and run it back tomorrow and uh, even talk about it as far as, uh, you know, even things that are going on with the silver and black currently right now. That was really good stuff, insightful stuff from former Lions safety Glover Quinn with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 445 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out the show just like that. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Hardcore Raider hit us up by way of Twitter, and you can hit us up anytime you like, at RE Produces, at RNR 920 AM, at your boy Q254. And he said, that Lions interview was really good. I really like what he had to say about leadership. And I said, man, me too. There was a lot of good stuff in that interview. And he said, for sure, tons of nuggets. And yes, man, there was a lot of good nuggets that uh, Glover Quinn just shared with us uh, from being a player in the league, from talking about, you know, the way that, that he was looking to be coached up and what would make him want to run through the wall for, for a coach to coordinators as, a head, as, as opposed to head coaches, right? We're always, so, we're always so fast to want to move a guy up to, oh, man, this guy's a sharp offensive mind. Let's make him a head coach. Oh, this guy's a great defensive coordinator. Let's make him a good head coach. It's not that easy, and that's why a lot of times we see, you know, head coaches that, 
are really good coordinators that might not work out to be really good head coaches. It's not the same animal. It's really difficult. And uh, I thought what Glover Quinn had to say about a lot of different things uh, was really good. So if you missed any of that interview or you, maybe you missed the whole thing, you just happened to walk back in the room or just get back in your car or whatever the case may be, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can go to our website, our re designed website by the way it looks fantastic we even got pictures up there now it's like what are we doing we've we've come into the 21st century now we are fancy man we're looking good out there um jared and doug and uh, melissa and everyone who's put in work behind the scenes greg salerno who actually took pictures of us who decided to take pictures of our ugly mugs and put us up there was fantastic uh everyone's really helped out in a major way to make our website great but you can check out any podcast from any part of the show, the interviews that we do, and please believe that one with Glover Quinn will be up there right after the show. Ari does a great job making sure that it's up there, quick, fast, in a hurry. Of course, that's brought to you daily by Porta Subs as well. Uh, I definitely appreciate them and get them get yourself game ready uh, with Porta Subs. They have platters that you can get, and if you're going to have a bunch of folks over at the house, and sometimes we like to do that instead of making some food, you just order some Porta Subs and get the get the quick uh, party tray to, you know to the house, and boom, you're good to go. You just open that thing up and tell everyone. Dig in and clean up after yourself when you're done, <laughs> right? I ain't cleaning up after you. You know where the trash can's at. Throw it away, dummy. But no, uh, check out all our all our uh, interviews and all our shows uh, from the morning tailgate to JT the Brick to Unnecessary Roughness, all on LVSportsNetwork.com uh, under podcasts or under our show pages as well and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, uh, also Fox Sports Las Vegas. Everything that we do on, as a radio station in general, any of our stations, is all up there, one-stop shop. So uh, Glover was fantastic. Definitely appreciate him. And like I said, I might even run that interview back tomorrow. It was that stinking good. Uh, got a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r from Raider James, and we'll close out the show with this. Uh, I have seen the film, and even Max had a bad game. Not an effort, but overrunning plays and getting run over. Graham messed up. He should have disguised the D and brought constant pressure to rattle the rookie. Tyree is almost 100%. Doctors pre- predicted he'd be at 90% explosiveness by week eight. This is why we have seen gradual progress. Go Raiders. That's from Raider James. And Yeah, I mean, look, nobody on that defense had a good day. They really didn't. Max got one sack on the day, but there was times where he overran plays uh, just trying to make plays, right? And that's the thing. It was the extra effort that made him overrun some plays here and there, and he knows that. That's why you're not going to hear me be critical on Max because I know that he's giving you everything he's got. And if, if you're giving me everything you got and you mess up, I can live with that. But if you're half-assing it and, and then you mess up, then that's when I have a problem. So, you know, if, if he overruns a play here or there or if, you know, Tyree uh, gets too, too far up the field but he's pinning his ears back and he's going after it, I'm not going to get angry. It's just when you can see that the effort's not there or the lackluster, the lackluster play is not there and it's just like, what are we doing? That's, that's when it's a problem for me. So, uh, yeah, the, the defense definitely needs to step up. I'm hoping that they could be the leaders of this team on Monday. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, get back to what they were being a strength as opposed to being a concern. You know, I even thought if the, the offense started clicking on Sunday against the Bears, like if they finally got something going, I kept thinking the defense can't stop them anyway. The defense is going to get ran right over. Not that that excuses the offense for being anemic, but I, I just it's like, man, it, it, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think the defense can stop them, and I know they have more pride than that, and they're definitely going to bring a lot more heat and a lot more energy than what they did on Sunday versus the Chicago Bears. But, man, what a fantastic show. It went by fast and furious. A lot of great guests, a lot of great calls, a lot of great texts and tweets. 
Vic Taver from The Athletic, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. We dipped into the association with Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com, and then you just heard from former Lions safety Glover Quinn on part of the Believe in the Lions podcast. He does a fantastic job. So it don't get much better than that, but it will because we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> right? We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back Friday. We'll be back on Monday. So, yeah, I mean, it might not get much better than that, but it's going to get much better than that because we're going to keep bringing the heat each and every day. I know Lincoln will be a part of the show tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll continue to dip into the Detroit Lions and uh, ramp you up and get you closer and closer to game day. Uh, we'll have Vinny Bonsignor on the show. I can tell it's going to be a locked and loaded, exciting show. Can't wait to be back here with you on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a fantastic evening. Definitely appreciate you as always. We'll be back 2 to 5 p.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.